0: hello everybody thank you for listening to this podcast the truth that heals i am your host ryan anthony hernandez and it's good to be here it's it's about 91 degrees here in san San antonio texas and i'm just getting back from los angeles it was clear skies 71 degrees nice breeze i was walking actually um by palos verdes i did like a a three mile hike didn't break a sweat beautiful weather i can i can see the waves of the ocean and you know the blue sky and it was lovely except you know (laughs) like maybe a few miles uh, another direction you see sadly all the um graffiti and yeah anyway so but let's focus on the good stuff so California, I uh, had a great uh, Mother's Day adventure. I, I went with my uh, lovely mother to uh, LA and we had some good uh, family time and had some family reunions and it was nice and it's, uh, it's good to catch up with family whom I haven't really seen in years and uh, as you know, or for our new listeners... I was in a religious community and part of it was uh, kind of cult-like. So I kind of claim myself to be a cult survivor. And unfortunately, a lot of those uh, relationships were severed uh, during my my 11 years in that religious life. And uh, now to be able to go through sort of like a healing process... Not only with myself, but also with my family, and being able to socialize and being able to connect with family from back in the day, and even uh, even old friendships. Uh, when you're in when you're in a cult, it seems that all of that is lost. And I was able to, you know, reconnect, rebuild old friendships, and make new friendships. And that trip to L.A. Uh, it was only about I think five days, but uh, wow, it was uh, such a beautiful experience. Uh, we we prayed the Rosary with the uh, Sri Lankan community over in uh, in Orange County. I uh, got to do uh, a lot of um, a lot of eating. Uh, that's that's one of the other positives about being in in L. A. You're gonna get a lot of uh, good Salvadorian food, good Mexican food, good Filipino food good everything and um i yeah i i use my money wisely uh because you know when when you're spending money on good food uh it's worth it so it was really worth it and um so so yeah uh i'm trying to make this uh the beginning of this podcast a little bit more positive uh the last episode that i did I uh, broke down on many of the tactics which were used uh, in the community that I was in. And me as a survivor, uh, I am only I'm only sharing what I went through and my point of view. And I am so happy when people tell me, "Hey, Ryan, I didn't go through any of those things. I am so happy. you want to know why? Because the things that I went through do not belong in a religious community. So when people tell me, Ryan, all those things that you're you're talking about, uh, I didn't I didn't see any of it or I didn't go through any of it and I say praise the Lord man. That's good because you know the the goal of religious life is to follow Christ more closely. To have that freedom to discern and not to be abused uh, unfortunately for me though these things that happen and uh there were periods where there is abuse there is manipulation there is gaslighting uh there is it, it just it builds when you're in a cult like environment it builds a confusion and it also permits if if you it, you're in a position where you permit the abuse you allow it and you give it you give it a, a pass because in your mind it's for a greater good so so many times people ask me you know why did you stay there and you know my answer is that at the time I didn't know that it was a cult. I didn't know that they were using cult-like tactics. And like the twist in my experience is that if I'm with another superior who's good, they would apply more of the Christ-like tactics of, um, you know, charity, compassion. And I would see more of a, a Christ-like uh, environment Whereas when I'd be with other superiors, especially under the leadership of Father Bing, it was very cult-like. And uh, I'll I'll give an example. Uh, With all of the uh, conspiracy videos that they would show us, they would really instill a lot of fear. And that that would give them the go to to make us believe that we're going to get blown up. We're going to get killed. We're going to uh, uh, have to uh, live underground and, and all these things. I'm not saying it's it's never going to happen or world war three or any of those things, but there was such strong emphasis on making sure that the members were scared as hell, that a war is going to break loose. So if, if, if the world is gonna end soon, you're going to want to be in in a place that is good for your soul, good for good for you. However, what happens is uh, discernment, personal discernment gets thrown out, uh, respect for people gets thrown out. Uh, Abuse gets permitted because you're thinking, well, damn, the world is going to end. So, uh, and they're my superiors. So I just got to, I just got to be holy and I just got to be observant of these laws. And I got to, I got to take the abuse. And it's, I bring this up because I am, I am aware that there are people who are against me speaking up. Um, and I invite criticism. I invite opinions to be spoken. I didn't get that chance when I was in the community, especially when I was under some leadership, if I were to speak up or, you know, ask or clarify, it's like, okay, then you're going to get your ass kicked or you're going to go into the dungeon. and you're going to be in isolation from the community. And for me as a very outgoing person. Being in isolation was the worst thing that they could do. You know, slapping me, um, you know, making me, uh, like humiliating me, fine, whatever. But like isolating me and ignoring me when I did have concerns, when I did need guidance, that really I felt was a great torture. Uh, Another example was when my grandmother died. And I was needing guidance. I was needing help, and I was asking for help. And what happened? You know, they lied to me, and still I'm put in I, I'm put in uh, isolation. I'm put in uh, a separate uh, room from the rest of the community, and I'm on my own. And those struggles, those thoughts, those questions could never be answered because uh, when you're in that abusive relationship, you're always wrong and what happens not only in in cult environments but also in toxic relationships uh even in the workplace when it's so toxic you start thinking oh damn it's all my fault it's all my fault and the abusers or the bullies they they go they go free they don't get questioned they don't they don't um I don't want to say justice, (laughs) but I I hope you understand what I'm trying to say, because it always looks like they're in the right and you're always in the wrong. And so I was saying that uh, I'm open to criticism. However, I'm, if you're going to be criticizing, I will, I will try my best to be respectful and listen. And I apologize if I have been a little curt and some of my responses, and it, it is an emotional thing for me, and I, I did uh, love this community, and I still do. I still do love those members who are there and who are doing things the right way, and I still pray for those who left and split and are trying to do their own group or whatever it is that they're doing. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, if I can listen to you with respect... Then I would also, you know, hope that if we're, we're going to have a conversation, that we have a respectful conversation and um, have that goal to understanding each other. So recently, uh, someone uh, messaged and um, well, I mean, quite a few. And this is the gist. It's like, hey, people don't need to know about this. Uh, especially about the fourth degree. So, for those of you who weren't there for my last podcast episode, I mentioned one of the tactics of uh, of the religious life, which made it call like, and that was the fourth degree of obedience. And if we didn't listen, uh, I'm just going to give a, a quick uh, a, a quick detail about it. It was pretty much. They brainwash you into thinking, "Okay, you want to be holy? Like, yeah, like you you know you're a sinner, right? Yeah, I'm a sinner. Okay, we need to repair for our sins against God. Therefore, uh, obedience that that we give to you guys, to the to the members, they're gonna be they're gonna be hard, they're gonna be rough, but this is your opportunity, opportunity to repair your sins. So this obedience is going to be the fourth degree of obedience where it's like uh, it's it's all out. It's like martyrdom. It's like you're supposed to, like, give your entirety to Christ. And so if you're really dedicated to Christ, if you're really gun ho for Jesus, then we're going to give you the obedience to eat. um, <laughs> Eat poop. I just I just say it like that. And there are stories of um, people uh, freezing it or of people uh, becoming the benefactor and pooping and giving it to someone else and God you know I I hate talking about this um but something interesting did did come up one people are saying that it's a scandal that I that I'm talking about it and my response to that is hey look, uh, in the Gospels, uh, not the go- the gospel writers weren't all there. They didn't see everything. You know, they took accounts, uh, they observed, and they wrote about it. And you know, today we, we we still read the Gospel every day at Mass, and there's still a a belief, and there's still a tradition. So although I wasn't there for when members uh, were forced to do those things, you know, I saw the aftermath of the pain of many members, even and even when I was there, they would talk about it, you know, during homilies and during uh spiritual readings. So there's also a tradition that was there. So in, in that aspect, you know, like the gospel writers, they wrote what they observed. And although I wasn't there for that, I am just I am just uh, noting down what happened, what I observed, what people have told me, uh, and the thing is, many of these people don't don't want to talk about it, and they shouldn't be blamed. This is a very disgusting thing. It's humiliating. It's not Christ-like, and for them to uh, for not not the victims, but for You know, the leadership who put this idea, you know, in order to be holy, you have to obey to the letter. Therefore, uh, you have to eat this bowl, this plate of shit. If you don't do it, you're not holy. So it really messes with the mind. And it's unfair because many of us and even the prior members who joined before me there were young men and women there were young and young men and women who joined to live a good life and yet you know the the reward for wanting to live a good life a holy life was brainwashing into allowing yourself to be punished allowing yourself to be humiliated and like i said in my last podcast if i were to have been given the fourth degree Hell yeah, I would have done it because in my state of mind at that time, that is uh, to go against obedience is one of the worst sins that you can do. So uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't think that I'm the one scandalizing. If you think I'm a scandal, then, you know, hey, pray for me. But I think that the ones who really are doing the scandal are that leadership who implemented those things and who made it an environment where you couldn't speak out. You couldn't seek help. And another thing that has uh, come up was um, that I should be quiet. Uh, These things shouldn't be mentioned. And like kind kind of like with the gospels, how they, how they observed and, uh, they they wrote it down. I kind of see myself as a historian. Uh, I'm not no history major or anything like that, but I lived through it, and I live to see the tradition. I live to see the pain, and I am just writing down uh, what I saw. So if anyone you know says different, then you know go ahead speak speak your truth if If you didn't go through fourth degree or if you never knew about it while you were there, then amen, that's how it should be. Those things shouldn't shouldn't happen. But I do have some uh, statements from a couple members who were there, and I'm going to to read uh, a little bit of our conversation. So this is what I asked this one person. I asked him. Did you ever see Father Bing or other superiors do fourth degree or eat poop? I've been told by some that it happened, but not sure if that was true. I was told that if I were given that obedience, I would have to do it. So I was always scared. Now, this is the response. And mind you, I'm not giving any names out. And uh, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to quote areas where, you know, they've told me not to quote. Uh, and of course there's that, uh, anonymous, I can't say the word, they want to be anonymous. So I also have to respect that, but I'm going to read the, the response that I am. I, I believe, um, I believe this is, uh, safe for the identity Where uh, this person responds regarding the fourth degree. Yes, that is true. I have seen and with them doing it but as far as I know, doing it for reparation end quote so that that's the thing you know they the superiors and in that time that was under the leadership of Father Bing, Mother Agnes you have other priests I don't want to mention their names because, you know, I don't know where they stand, but, you know, they really drove this idea of reparation, 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 and it gave them a pass to really abuse, and that's not right, and so I'm, I am only, you know, writing down what happened. I'm just writing down the history, so if you're mad at me, it's like you got to be mad at them, too because they're the ones who did the crime they're the ones who twisted what reparation means and i'm not going to get into the theology of reparation here Uh, i think that reparation can be a holy thing it can be a good thing but in this case it went into a totally opposite where it's corrupt where it's power hungry where it's that that thrill to humiliate that thrill to put people down and so these members you know they're older now but you know at that time they were younger younger men and women they were fed those those lies that this is reparation this is for the salvation of souls and maybe you know you know i give it to them they did it because they had pure intentions but i am not speaking about this because of their pure intentions I am speaking up about this because of the manipulation and how if they these things aren't brought up if these things aren't spoken about what's going to happen it, it could happen again or what if um, someone didn't take it well I mean who the hell is gonna take you know eating eating a plate of shit good you know you know you know you never take that well but um, like look at look at Canada And if you've seen uh, like the the orphanages, which some Catholic communities had, I believe it was in the uh, 1800s, early 1900s, there was so much abuse. There was even deaths. And all of that got swept under the rug. But now it's coming to light. And the sad thing is that uh, those abusers were not held accountable. They were not confronted, and I think that uh, this is this is a chance where you know those those abusers they can also do their own reparation. That they believe in rep- reparation so much, maybe the reparation could be a hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, we allow these abuses, you know, to be open, to be honest, so that these things don't happen again. And like in Canada, so there was all these abuses, and then you see like all of these graves of uh, the native the native children who died or of malnutrition. And these are crimes which were swept under the rug. And it's sad, especially as Catholics or Christian, or if you just want to be a good person, you know, we shouldn't be tolerant of evil in in this form. You know, like in this form, like in our church, in your church, whatever you want, your goal is to be holy. Holy. Your goal is to be a good person. But being a good person doesn't mean uh, allowing yourself to get beat up and you know not doing anything about it. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk more about these issues. Primarily so that they don't repeat themselves. And so that, and so that those who may still be suffering, who may have guilt, who may have that, uh, it's all my fault mentality or emotions that they know that they're not alone and that what happened to them was not right. And that is not the Christ-like way. So right now I wanted to read another statement uh, by uh, the same person. And of course I'm going to keep them anonymous and I won't be giving details. But anyways, so here's a statement. Um, he or she says, there is a purpose of why we did it. I hope if you expose the poop thing, we did it for a good intention. End quote. And, and like I was saying, uh, it, it's sad, you know, because these people had good intentions. I, myself, upon answering this way of life, I had good intentions. And I believe, I believe from the bottom of my heart that when Father Bing started this, um, that there were good intentions and it did, uh, it did have a lot of good things about it. And I, I totally respect it. Um, I respect the good things about it. (laughs) Um, recently I received a message from, Uh, a supporter of the AFI and of course these things hurt, but they were saying he, he or she was saying that uh, being with the AFI has helped me to become a better person um, and has taught me so many things. I'm not, you know, giving a direct quote. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, But I, I respect that because yes, Uh, One of the missions of the AFI is to evangelize to family, uh, to help priests to be, you know, better priests and, and good things. And, you know, the sad part is, is that I am talking about what happened behind the scenes and how even when you see a group that is so holy, but they're so obscure; uh, they don't allow other narratives to be coming out. They don't allow people to question. Uh, I suggest you question them. You question if you know how safe that community is, not just with AFI, but in any any community, any group, because that's how cults begin. They begin as Oh, I mean, not all, but some of them, many of them, like they start up as uh, good intentions, good goals, but then once you're in, and especially once you're a financial supporter, uh, it's like they kind of trap you, and it becomes more difficult to see the abuse and to see how things are, you know, getting. Uh, manipulative so like that person said in that comment um, we did it for a good intention and you know the ends does not justify the means that's what they say in Catholicism and in ethics Um, so you know if if the ends do not justify the means so the ends is we want to be saints we want to be holy we want to be Uh, martyrs for Christ. So the means is we're going to make our members eat shit, or we're going to have to have extreme monitoring, and we're going to have to have sleep deprivation. And if they're falling asleep, we have to get a stick and poke them. No, those means are not the Christ-like means to become a saint. And I think it's, it's good that these things are coming to light. Uh, you may disagree with me, but I think it does have a bit of healing that these things are in the vault of secrecy, that these things can come to the light because many do need healing. Uh, many do need to know that it wasn't their fault because, hey, if if you were in a cult, not not only with our group, but anywhere, and you come out, especially if you come out damaged through so much abuse, like one of the, the biggest uh, mountains that you may have to climb is that, is that mountain of it's all my fault. It's I'm the one who deserved it. And, you know, I'm the bad person here. I'm evil. You have to understand that what happened Is not your fault that you were a victim, that you were vulnerable. Because that's what cults do. They get you when you are vulnerable. And what is a religious life supposed to do? Religious life, religious community, they're supposed to allow discernment, free discernment. And they're supposed to allow, uh, you know... um, that freedom to choose without any bias. So there it's like, oh, if you leave, you know, gosh, you're not going to be blessed by God, man. Oh, but hey, good luck discerning. Have a good, have a good time discerning. So it's, it's the discernment that they allowed there was more fear-based. And that's not what religious life is. and I was saying how you know how the guy mentioned good intentions, but the ends do not justify the means. And these superiors, especially, especially Father Bing, I love you, man. But you you always say you're a canon lawyer. And yet you allow these these things to happen under your leadership when we were there. And then uh recruiting members underage. Like I was 17. And I was given the impression that I would get a good education, that I would be allowed to finish my homeschooling. Because I, well, I was doing high school in LA and I, turned, I was 16. And right when I turned 17 is when I joined the group. So, like the next month, I turned 17, July 15, 2004. And August 16th, I was on the plane going to the East Coast. And then later on, you know, you get to read a little bit more about canon law, and I, you know, it's, it's not, it's not right to to do that. You know, just get someone underage, put them out, lie to them, say, oh yeah, we're going to give you a good education. I go over there, and yes, I did start doing homeschooling, and while I'm doing homeschooling, I remember the Sith. Uh, um, the Sith Sisters, uh, I had to specify because I know I might have some new listeners. And if they hear Sith, they might be thinking, Star Wars? What, what does Star Wars have to do with this? No, Sith Sisters, uh, it stands for the Secular Institute of the Two Hearts. I, I forgot, Secular Institute of the Two Hearts. Anyway, so I remember the Sith Sisters, they were kind of like overlooking uh some of my the books that I had to read, some of my, my homework, and they were like, Nope, you can't read this, you can't do this. I remember one of the books I was like, I was really excited to to read was um a William Shakespeare book. I think it was The Merchant of Venice. And they're like, Nope, they can't he can't read this. This is hexed. Uh so I was like, Okay, like <laughs> how what am I gonna do with my education? So what they did was okay, they They sent me to the Philippines and, you know, I start my novitiate and um, I remember Father Bing would say, degrees don't get you into heaven, you know, and, you know, when he would when he would say things like that, degrees don't get you into heaven, you know, some people who are in hell, they had all these degrees, you see these theologians, all these degrees and where are they now? They are excommunicated or, oh my gosh, they are so liberal. So it was like, there was so much good and bad in that, in that life. And gosh, it was just so confusing. But this helps me jump to my next topic, which is the education and the fraud, because someone brought this up to me and I found it uh, very interesting. Uh, This person, this person, (laughs) this person. Uh, was saying like hey maybe you should clarify because you were saying that it was like kind of like a fraud and like didn't get good education um so i think the word i should i should use um is um, they did not have academic integrity um i'm not i'm not speaking about father bing here i'm speaking more about uh some of uh, the members, the priests, the nuns, and it's unfortunate that they didn't have that um, that real education. And uh, so, you know, I said fraud, I believe, in my last uh, podcast or scam, and this person advised me wisely. Perhaps it it would be better to say uh, the integrity of their work was not their own, which you know, it it's sad. Because yes, they, they might be priests now or I mean, I'm not saying all of them did that. I am I mean we were always aware. We always knew about it. Um, but it's unfortunate because you have other members doing it like slaves because it's their obedience and someone else is getting rewarded for it. but it's not fair. It's not right and just. And then these priests or superiors, or seminarians they're not properly trained and then they become priests and when they get asked real questions in the parishes or even in the community what's the answer ah you just you just got to pray more you got to trust the lord or you, you shouldn't be asking those kind of questions or or they'll say uh what's another what's another thing that they might say um you you should just offer it up i'm trying to like do some impersonations i know it's terrible but hey um that that's that's things that you know really were mentioned it's, it's it was never <laughs> with some priests you do have a bit more solid guidance because we would see okay maybe this guy really did do his homework maybe he did do his his studies. But for others, it was, you know, sadly, there was that lack of guidance, that lack of knowledge. And for Father Bing, as a canon lawyer, it's sad because you allow, you, it's like you're cheating. You're cheating the church. You're cheating God. You're cheating, you know, the cheating these young men and women of having the integrity of having a proper education. And then, when some of them became priests, the sad part is they weren't ready. but yet they became priests out of obedience. So it's not I mean, it's not their fault, but is it right? Are these the right channels of educating our priests? I mean, yeah, like Father Bing and uh, other other priests, um, they do speak about. The lack of holy priests in the church, and I, I nod on my head. I can agree with that. There are a lot of uh, a lack of holy priests. Uh, sometimes there's a lack of intelligent priests. But I I remember it was Saint Teresa of Avila. I was reading this in in one of my spiritual readings as a uh, uh, when I was in the Philippines as a brother, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, Because she was saying, and it might have been autobiography or biography, I don't remember, or maybe a quote of the saints. But she was saying, uh, if there is a holy priest or an intelligent priest, uh, which one would I choose as a spiritual director? And she mentioned that she would choose the intelligent priest. And so for me, when I was reading that, I was thinking, gosh, um, why not the holy priest? Because like here in my place, you know, a lot of the priests are holy, but obviously, you know, degrees don't get you in heaven. So what's, what's the point of having intelligence? What's the point of getting an education? And she was saying that, yes, holy priests may have good intentions, but they may lead you in a wrong direction they may give you the wrong advice which is not good for your spiritual journey whereas when the priest is educated they could give the guidance for your soul they can give the guidance for your situation or if you're if you're like in a in a canon law struggle i mean wouldn't you want to have a priest who's a, a competent canon lawyer. And then you see Father Bing, it's like, wow, canon lawyer. Wow, he's holy. And then you get to know him more and it's like, wow, is he holy? Is he competent as a canon lawyer? Is he really intelligent? I mean, I don't know. You're, you have to have these questions. These questions come out and I, I am only addressing them Because, hey, this is what I lived through. These are my experiences. And, you know, to start wrapping it up, I respect when people say that they didn't go through my experiences. That they didn't go through suffering or torture or beatings. Because, praise the Lord, that's not religious life is all about. So so as as far as I know, many of our priests as well as uh, some of our uh, members and I say our because I still support the the good group um, you know went back to school went back to getting a higher education and I think that's that's a wonderful thing and I think that it's good for it's good for those young men and women the sisters who, to be allowed to, to grow, to, uh, maybe degrees won't get you into heaven, but Hey, it's, it's living life fully. And, and I admire, uh, what the oath, the Obliposite Apostles of the two hearts of today are doing. I admire the, the growth of the, the sisters of the leaven 11 of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the limb. I admire what they're doing uh, of allowing the members to grow. Whereas in the cult-like setting, it's very suffocating. You're always wrong. You're always in paranoia. You can't talk to family. You're being monitored all the time. You can't slip in what you say because you might get in trouble. You can't see your family. You can't send them a text. You can't say, oh, I'm I'm scared or I'm worried because then you're not going to get Fed, You're not going to get food or you're going to be put in solitary confinement. So I pray that, you know, that they've changed their ways, the AFI, because, yeah, that that was in my time and even before my time. And I don't know how they're doing, because they are, if you haven't noticed, they are very um, obscure. And if you like Google them, you like rarely see any news or articles there's like nothing about them and it's it's just alarming that you know these crimes could still be happening but i pray that they don't and it's i'm very thankful for for the listeners i've had some amazing listeners uh some amazing haters and i still love y'all um keep it up keep the comments up Uh, share if you want to talk about it if you want to give a comment on uh, my uh, facebook it is ryan anthony hernandez i also have an instagram where you can uh, reach out to me there my instagram handle is tony underscore champ underscore hernandez and um let's continue talking and if you have any questions or you know any clarifications uh feel free to reach out and I don't want this platform to be a place of hatred or anger, but um, it should be a platform where you can speak your truth uh, and be respected. And at the end of the day, hey, maybe we can go get a beer or coffee or uh, Lugau or whatever, whatever the hell you want. Uh, But let's have that respect. Uh, Let's uh, be open to dialogue and hopefully – uh, the more we talk about the these abuses, uh, not only in my community, but you know, in domestic relationships, uh, in alcoholism, and um, uh, you know, like spousal abuse, um, you know, we can bring healing because it's not only in the church or in cults where you see uh, victimization, where you see abuse. It's it's all over. Uh, but if we don't talk about it, will healing really take place? So thank you very much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And keeping your prayers, keeping your well wishes and your good vibes. And God bless. Thank you. Are you still there? Well, Right now, I'm going to read something about St. Teresa, since I mentioned uh, about her preferences for a, a spiritual director. So I'm going to take this from theway.org.uk. Uh, I, th- I guess this is like a little Easter egg for those who are still sticking around. And uh, in this little article, it says, Teresa's experience of being on the receiving end of spiritual direction made her value a good director when she found one because she had suffered much from incompetent directors she was convinced that if she had a good director from the beginning of her journey to god she would have given herself to god's service much earlier and she would And she would have reached her goal of union with God much sooner. And I wanted to share that because uh, I don't want to just throw out names of saints and uh, make up quotations. But I need to start backing up what what I say and who I quote. And since I did mention that saint... I have to give some context, so that's what uh, that article says. And there's more, and there are so many writings of Saint Teresa of Avila, and of spiritual direction, of ways to holiness, which I think may be very interesting uh, for the listeners to look into. So, if you like reading, try checking up some of the books of Saint Teresa or books about her. And we can discuss about it in the Facebook or on Instagram or wherever. You can message me. And let's have some more conversations about the the goodness of having a director who is competent. So thank you for listening. God bless. Bye-bye.